Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, and praise the Lord. <clears throat> this is your host, Brother Robert Pop Pop Hudson, and this is the show Self Expressions. And I'd like to thank you for joining me for t- this evening as we uh, talk about feelings of guilt and shame. And we're going to be covering the chapters of John, First John, chapters one, verses seven through nine. We're going to go over Romans chapter eight, one and two. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 and 22, Psalms 32, 1 through 5, also Psalms chapter 51, verses 1 through 4, and 2 Corinthians. You know, real quickly, um, I'd like to, you know, once again, thank you for joining me tonight. Um, we are broadcasting on blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. Anytime you want to call in, call in at 319-527-6091 and press the number one if you want to talk to me. And tonight, as we go over our topic, feelings of shame and guilt, you know, uh, real quickly, you know, um, you know, hell is, 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 is getting bigger. And it's not getting bigger, you know, for no reason. Um, hell requires souls. And some of the easiest things, that we can that we can do is we can reclaim our soul, because you know, God did say He had the victory over that Satan has been already defeated. Um, we you know we we keep failing to, you know, recognize that we give Him power where He's already defeated. And one of the simple things is our feelings, and when we have the, the feelings of shame and guilt, you know. Um, God has given us the ability to feel guilt and shame when we have done, you know, what is wrong. So that, so it might lead us to forgiveness and the freedom from guilt and shame. Satan wants to destroy us with the burden of guilt and shame. But in Christ, our guilt and shame have been removed. You know, um, real quickly, I'll just go into a, um, a brief story. I had a friend of mine that I grew up with named Jeff, and we did pretty much the same activities, hung around the same people, same places. And as we got older, our paths went differently. And it's because of the shame and guilt of some of the things that he did that led him to more and more shameful things. And eventually he wound up in prison where he's at right now today, uh, still serving time. And you can easily say, well, oh, it's just tell of two different, you know, two sides of, 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 a, of the same, co- uh, same coin, but it's not. At any time, he could have asked for forgiveness, and he could have went on a, a different path. But because of shame and guilt, you know, it took him down to a, uh, took him to a totally different path. All right, and so um, let's talk about shame and guilt. On the one hand, we need to avoid you know, extremes and our, you know, there's, you know, and extremes and we want to suppress our emotions. And on the other hand, you know, we need to avoid the extremes that allow our emotions to take charge of ourselves. 
You know, God has given us the capacity to feel that our lives can be enriched. God's primary means of bringing about our emotional health and well-being is through our worship and relationship with him. And even though our relationship with God, that we experience grace and forgiveness, freedom in Christ is provided us with a spiritual family that provides belonging and a wholesome and truthful truthful self-image and joy. So as we examine our emotions, you know, we want to explore how our emotions is given to us and how it benefits our well-being and how, how to allow God to use it in our lives for the very best outcome for us. So let's turn our attention to the feelings of guilt and shame. The ability to feel guilt and shame is designed by God to help us, but those can easily go astray and lead to our destruction. So let's uh, spend a few minutes thinking about guilt and shame and try to better understand these emotions. For starters, it's important to realize that although we may use words, the words guilt and shame interchangeably, there's a difference between the two. Guilt and shame are related to each other, but they are not identical. Guilt is the bad feeling we have for doing something we should not have done. Shame is a bad feeling of regret for being an inadequate person. To boil it down, guilt is what you did. Shame is about who you are. Both feelings hurt, and both are important to know the difference. You know, guilt's message is, I did something wrong or bad, and there's there's a need for forgiveness and correction and to reconcile. You know, shame's message is, I'm bad, and there's a need for identity correction and relational correction. But here's where things can get really mixed up and tricky. It's possible to be guilty without feeling shame, and it's also to feel shame when you're not guilty. We can feel shame for things we can't control and feel guilty when we haven't done anything wrong. It's sad to me that shame is commonly experienced by victims of abuse, and it's not uncommon for the victims of abuse to feel more shame than the perpetrator. At the opposite end of the spectrum, there are times when we should feel guilty, but we don't, which can be the result of ignorance a misguided, you know, conscience or a lack of conscience. I like how one person put it. Consciousness is when I'm aware of something conscious is when I wish I wasn't. Someone else has explained guilt like this. Guilt is like a red warning light on a dashboard of a car. You can either stop and deal with it or you can ignore it. Satan is our enemy, and he has many ways of using emotions against us. Satan wants us to feel one or two ways. Satan sometimes wants us to feel guilty when we really are not guilty and we really shouldn't feel guilty. But for many of us, Satan wants us to feel so much guilt and shame that it discourages us and then we feel as though we're in a state of hopelessness. He wants us to think that there is no way God will forgive us for our wrongs. Satan wants us to think that we are so bad and such failures that we will always be so flawed, unworthy, and never good. Uh, never good enough to deserve the love and acceptance. And in that, you know, we, we feel trapped that we have no hope in our situation and changing. The heaviest burden that any of us can bear is the weight of guilt and the shame we 
we feel because of something we have done or because something others have done to us, especially when we think there is no way to get out of from under the weight of the guilt and the shame. A lie that is often believed is that guilt and shame are a form of punishment from God. Satan wants us to believe that God wants us to carry the burden of guilt and shame as a form of penance because we have been so bad, they are so, and, and they are bad. <clears throat> the truth is that God wants us to embrace and employ the right feelings of guilt and shame for our good. There is a right time and a right purpose for guilt and shame. God has created the ability to learn about right and wrong and then to feel guilt and shame when we have done what we've done is wrong. When we have done something truly wrong, then we are guilty. And that guilt first and foremost refers to our, our legal status before God. We became breakers of God's law. When we sin, we are guilty before God. When we sin, we should be ashamed of ourselves for having done what is wrong. When we do what is wrong, we should feel painful emotions of guilt and shame. Conscience should poke at us and let us know that what we have done is wrong. The purpose of feeling guilt is a cause to grieve over our sin, to cause to seek and forgive and restore grace to to us through God and cause us to make a commitment to walk in the right way. In this way, guilt and shame is not a punishment, but a good gift that leads to blessings. The Apostle Paul explains to us in his letter to the Church of, of Corinth, and this is going to be covered in 2 Corinthians chapter 7:10. For God's grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, but worldly grief produces death. And it's really simply put right there. You know, he sent many passionate letters to uh, the Church of Corinth. <clears throat> so Satan loves to build his case on half-truths. Though we are guilty when we sin, his verdict is the end of the story. The devil is our accuser and the prosecutor, but God is the judge and Jesus is our defender. When godly grief, you know, encourages us to turn away from our sin and causes us to run to Jesus, the only one who can forgive us and remove our guilt and shame, the emotions of guilt and shame have served us well. But when, when, when grief and shame only cause us to be sorry about being caught or to, you know, to lull ourselves and isolate ourselves from others, from, from God, then those emotions have not done what God designed them to do. Okay, now think, think with me about some people in the Bible who have good reasons to experience guilt and shame. I think about the apostle, the apostle Peter, the one who had been with Jesus for three years and who professed that he was willing to die for Jesus. But when Jesus predicted that Peter would deny that he even knew Jesus three times before the next sunrise, Peter declared, oh, Lord, no, it would never happen. You know, but it did happen. Peter wound up denying knowing Jesus uttering oaths, I swear, on the Bible or my mother's grave, and even calling down curses on himself, cross my heart and hope to die. You know, Luke also tells us that after the third denial, Jesus and Peter's eyes met, and Peter remembered what Jesus had predicted, and Peter went out and wept bitterly. 
You know, in the scriptures, you know, it reveals that Peter struggled to overcome the guilt and the shame of what he had done. But scriptures also tells us that Jesus, after the resurrection, sent a special message to Peter, made a private appearance to Peter and reinstated Peter in front of the other apostles by asking Peter three times if Peter loved him. When Peter answered yes, Jesus gave him commission. Three days after the resurrection on the day of Pentecost, it was Peter who stood up and boldly proclaimed the gospel for the first time, and 3,000 people were baptized that day. Peter did not allow his feelings of guilt and shame to stop him from serving God. I think about the Apostle Paul and the good reasons that he had to struggle with guilt and shame. As you know, before Paul became a follower of Christ, he was a persecutor of Christians. Paul had ordered men and women to be imprisoned and executed, and the only wrong they had committed was a profession of their love of Christ. Can you imagine how easy it would have been for Paul to feel guilty and shame about after his conversion to Christ? I'm sure it was painful for everybody, Paul's conversion. You know, Paul, you know, walked in the sanctuary, and, you know, the first thing in the sight of Paul is, Oh God, oh God, help us! We're going to die, you know. Because Paul, you know, before you know he became the apostle Paul, Paul was executing Christians, left and right, wherever he saw them, where you know, and he was judge, jury, and executioner. And when he, you know, was going about his mission, you know, on his way to Damascus, where where he was commanded to go into the sanctuary and seek out a, a certain priest. In doing so, you know, he invoked a, a great fear among many before, you know, he it was settled that, you know, he's blind. And they said, well, if he regains his sight, what is he going to do? It was so many commitments of faith at that moment that they had to trust and believe that God did send him there and that he did change. You know, and, you know, Paul, he... Basically, he did his, you know, what, what God commanded him. And you can imagine how easy it would have been for Paul to feel guilt and shame about this after his conversion to Christ. You can imagine how many people said, hey, you know, you, you put so many people in jail. You put so many people to death. That was my cousin. That was my friend. You know, he he had to hear all that. So I'm sure one of the one of Satan's frequent, you know, accusations against Paul is that Paul had been a blasphemer and a, prosec- uh, a prosecutor of Jesus. And this is how Paul explains his ability to overcome guilt and shame. Okay, I give thanks to Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, appointing me to the ministry, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a prosecutor, and an arrogant man. But I received mercy because I acted out of ignorance and unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed along with the faith and love in Christ Jesus. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. But I receive mercy for this reason, so in me, the worst of them, Christ might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. And that's covered under First Timothy chapter one verses twelve through sixteen. 
You know, think, think about King David and the good reason he had to struggle with guilt and shame. You know, for starters, you know, there was the sexual sin that was invoked with Bathsheba that began with the lust and turned into murder so that he could have the woman he wanted. That sexual sin led to, the, to a pregnancy and then to the death of, of the newborn. How is that for a reason for some, you know, heavy guilt and shame? Add to that David's decision to do a census against the advice of Job, his army commander. The Lord's judgment against David resulted in a plague that killed 70,000 of David's men. You know, how is that for a reason of guilt and shame? You know, but, you know, so so King David dealt with this guilt and shame. How joyful is those transgressions is forgiven whose sin is covered? How joyful is a person whom the Lord does not charge with iniquity and in whose spirit is no deceit? When I kept silent, my bones became brittle. For my groaning all day long, for day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was drained at the summer's heat. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not conceal my iniquity. I said, I confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgive the guilt of my sin. And that's covered in Psalms chapter 32, verses 1 through 4. And we want to go to jump into Psalms 51. Be gracious to me, God, according to your faithful love, according to your abundant compassion. Blow out my rebellion. Completely wash away my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. For I am unconscious of my rebellion, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you alone, I have sinned and done this evil in your sight. So you are right when you pass sentence. You are blameless when you judge. Purify me with the sop, and I will... Be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Turn your face away from my sin and blot out my guilt. And that's covered in Psalms 51, chapter 1 through 4, and also verses 7 and 9. King David bore his remorseful and repentant heart to God. And David believed that God would and did forgive him and did remove the guilt of his sin. So let's consider two final people from scriptures who have encountered with Jesus in a moment of guilt and shame. The first person is a woman we read about, and that's going to be covered that's in John chapter 8, and, and, you know, who was dragged before Jesus being caught in the act of adultery. The scripture tells us that the Pharisees had brought this woman to Jesus in order to trap him. If the Pharisees were really interested in justice, the man she was caught with in the act of adultery would have also been brought before Jesus. But maybe the man was one of their friends. Yet there was this vulnerable woman being forced into public at a moment of shame. What was the woman guilty? What was the woman guilty? You know, absolutely. She did deserve the punishment of the law, yes. But being God, Jesus knew how to defuse the situation and gain control over the outcome by proposing that only one person without sin could throw the first stone. He knew that he was the only one who could who would qualify to do that job. The Bible says this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the oldest ones first, the older and the wisest ones. They knew more quickly that they were disqualified. Then Jesus asked the woman, woman, 
Where are thy where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, Lord, she answered. Jesus says, Neither do I condemn you. Go from now on and do not sin anymore. And you know, when you get you know, when you when you get conscience to go, you know, go back and do what you were not do what you were doing, but do it without sin, that's beautiful. Okay, so the other person is also a woman that we read about, and this is in Luke chapter seven, who describes as a woman who had, you know, lived a sinful life in that town, and most likely she was a prostitute. A certain Pharisee was holding a dinner party for Jesus, but the Pharisees did not really have high opinion of Jesus and showed showed it by a lack of proper etiquette towards Jesus. Nevertheless, the sinful woman slipped in among the guests and began to weep, and her tears fell on Jesus' feet. She wiped, wiped them with her hair. Then she kissed the feet of Jesus and poured expensive perfume on them. You know, the Pharisees were to, you know, basically try to be the judge of what was in Jesus' heart. So Jesus corrected him with a story, but then praises this sinful woman. Finally, Jesus declared, your sins are forgiven, and concluded, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Just like the two women that we were talking about, we all must face the aftermath of our sin, even though most of us doesn't have, you know, they have to, you know, face it in such a public manner. You know, just like these women, you know, we have to face the truth of what we have done. We're guilty. Like these women, there is a way out. There is a way for forgiveness and repentance. But just like these women, we have to take Jesus at his word. Neither do I condemn you. Your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is the key to our embracing and employing the emotions of guilt and shame. When our feelings of guilt and shame cause us to turn to the Lord in repentance and confession, we have, we, we have to believe God is when he says that we are forgiven, here are some helpful promises of God to hold on to. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus has, you know, his son cleanses us from, away from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we have deceived ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous. To give us to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from unrighteousness, and that's covered in First John chapter one verses seven to nine. So therefore, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, because the law of the spirit of the life of Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death, and that's in Romans chapter eight verses one through two. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus. And since we have great high priests over the house of God, let us draw near with truth and heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from the evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. And that's, that's actually in Hebrews chapter 10, 19, 21, and 22. When we feel overwhelmed with feelings of guilt and shame, we know that are in Christ have confessed and repented before the Lord, then we must listen to the voice of truth. You know, 
It all boils down to choosing which voice to listen to. We have allowed the voice of emotion or the voice of truth to have the greatest impact in our lives. The truth is that we are in Christ, that we have made mistakes. Yes, we have sinned, but we are not a mistake. We are children of God, made in God's image. You know, we've, we've been loved and forgiven, redeemed in Christ, and saved through Christ's, Christ's, Christ's righteousness. When God looks at us, he sees Jesus, who separates our sin as far as from west. You know, when we realize this, the accuser's charges are silenced. You know, we can stop letting the guilt and shame to overwhelm us become, in, you know, in Christ, our guilt and shame have been, you know, it, it has been removed because we are in Christ and we know that we are forgiven. Okay? So, um I just want to, you know, real quickly, this is a product of Purpose Care Network, and uh, thank you for joining uh, the show Self-Expressions tonight. I'm your host, Brother Robert Pop-Pop Hudson, and uh, this has been the 1870th episode of Purpose Care Network. All right, and so we're going to go ahead, and uh, I'm going to get ready to wrap things up. And we have learned a lot, you know, tonight. So in, you know, wrapping things up, I'm just going to tell a real quick story. So um, I was at a track meet where, you, you know, they have um, a lot of different activities, and one was the, the javelin. And so one boy uh, grabbed one of the javelins, and he actually, you know, uh, suffered a serious injury. And basically the boy... He uh, confessed, you know, about how improper he was handling the javelin. And the director of um, the track meet, you know, went, you know, to the boy. And he he told him, hey, you know, hey, you handle it improperly. And, you know, yes, you know, um, I should disqualify you from this. And, you know, the boy didn't resist or anything. And he says, okay, you know, sorry about it you know, everything, and um, I'll go ahead and head to the locker room, and I'll go ahead and leave, and the director said no. He says, you're going to compete because now that you, you know, you made a mistake, maybe you can make up for it later on. So later on, um, this kid um, ran the 400 meters, and he won the event. And when he won the event, you know, the director went up to him directly and shook his hand. He says, I know you could redeem yourself. And we have to understand that at any time, you know, we will be blessed with that redeeming quality of redeeming ourselves for something that we did, you know, no matter how grievous it is, or, you know, how many, you know, how much of a major infraction that is, that at some time, even though we do commit a foul or sin, we make a mistake. Uh, we do get that chance to redeem ourselves. And, yes, you know, that is the redeeming qualities that we do have and that we do possess, and that at any time, you know, we can demonstrate that we can have those redeeming qualities and, and, you know, and, and have a chance to redeem ourselves. All right. And, you know, summing things up, 
you know, letting you know, you know, hell is expanding, in which I, I spoke on earlier, for a reason. And it's because there is an anticipation of collecting many souls, just snatching them out of the hands of, of Christ, snatching it out of the hands of believers. And there's so many different ways that this can happen. And one of the ways is, is the reason why I was going over shame and guilt is because shame and guilt is such an easy thing to overcome if we just ask for forgiveness and, you know, repent our sins. It is, it is um, it's such an easy thing to do. All right. So um, I'm going to go ahead and do the call of salvation, and then we're going to uh, do some announcements, and then we're going to do the final wrap-up of tonight's show. This is the Prodigal Purpose Kingdom Network. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's show, no matter where in the world you are. Whether you listen to us online or via phone, we greatly appreciate your listenership and support of us here at Purpose Kingdom Network. And we also thank those that share with their friends and family members. We thank you so much for doing so. Anytime we do a live show, we're broadcasting on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. And when we do a live show, we do have a call-in number, which is 319-527-6091. And you can press the number one anytime you want to talk to any one of our hosts. All right. And um, also, uh, you want to correspond with us here at Purpose Kingdom Network. You can correspond with us here at PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com. And you can send your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello or send a prayer request. We gladly honor that. Uh, also, um, feel free to give us a praise report, all right? And uh, we also do have um, social media pages and uh, Facebook. So you can like us on Facebook at Facebook, uh, Purpose Kingdom at Facebook, where we uh, make major announcements on our social media pages as well as others. We're also on Instagram and Twitter under the handle Purpose underscore Kingdom. Uh, we do have a radio network, which is pkn.com. So check it out, pkn.com, where you can listen to 24 hours of music of inspiration. Also, um, tomorrow evening at the 8 p.m. hour, we're going to be debuting our game show, which is going to be PKN Bible Challenge. Please check it out. It's going to be at 8 o'clock. With God's own God's blessing, you'll be able to join us for a night of fun and uh, some Bible trivia. So check it out, 8 p.m., PKN Bible Trivia Game Show. Okay, and with that with that being said, uh, that's going to be the end of the announcements. And uh, so I'm going to go and uh, wait a minute. Okay, let me do the call of salvation. Okay, uh, so I'm going to do the call of salvation. All right, um, call of salvation is simple. You know, it's getting yourself uh, together and with, with God and let Him know that you know, you're a sinner and that you wish to be free from sin and you wish to commit no more sin. And the best way to do it is to say, Father God, I'm a sinner. I wish to turn my life over. I wish to redirect everything. I wish I, I wish to pour into my new life of being sin free. I allow you into my life and I thank the gift that you gave when you gave your son up on the cross at Calvary to die for my sins. When he died for my sins, I know that I am truly free from sin. He allowed me to be able to break away and set that 
mark where I can say, right now today, I will be sin free. I will live sin free. And once you do that, or you can do it in your own words, you can say your own words. You know, you're you're saved. You know, the next thing I suggest you do is you find a Bible believing, teaching, preaching sanctuary that nurture the word of Christ, where every day you'll get to learn and get closer to God through learning the Bible. And if you can't find that sanctuary, you know, you can come here at Purpose Game Network where we broadcast almost every night that we're able to. And now here you can be welcome to this church without walls until you find, you know, that church home. All right. And um, real quickly, you know, wrapping things up. You know, I know that um, at some point in your life, you know, you have a, a story of separation from from sin. And I'm quite sure you probably felt a great amount of guilt and sin. And it's probably not easy because you're not only fighting, you know, uh, what actually happened, what transpired, but you're also fighting yourself. You know, you can ease your conscience and you can just, you know, like they say, bring it to Jesus. Put it on his doorstep. You know, he, he's there He's there for a reason. He's there to help you. He's there to guide you. You know, you don't have to do it all alone. You know, he's, he's right there. He's just, he's just waiting for you to ask for that help. So don't be ashamed and don't, and, you know, and don't feel guilty asking for help. Sometimes we have to ask him many, many times before we actually get over that hurdle or that hump where we can go ahead and we can go and live our lives. And, you know, one of the ways that we do it is we know that we've been forgiven for our transgressions. Not everybody can say that they've been forgiven for their transgressions. But leave it to him. You know, God God can fight your battles. He actually can fight your battles. And just don't ever not believe that. And um, I'm going to wrap tonight's show up. And uh, it's always been fun. I can't imagine doing anything else on a Saturday night, but uh, spending here on the air with you guys. And I hope that uh, I, this message has reached someone and, you know, it, it falls on uh, good grounds. You know, to um, all those out there struggling with, you know, grief and, and shame, you know, I'm, you know I, I want you to just actually just take time out and just ask God to forgive you and to shake the shame of guilt and shame that I'm carrying around. You know, sometimes we carry burdens that we don't have to carry. And all we have to do is talk to God and just let him know. Just let him know, you know, you're putting your faith in Jesus. Putting your faith in Jesus to take everything away. And sometimes it is meant for us to go through certain things. It is all not, you know, doom and gloom because we feel, you know, we're going through certain things. You know, just like everything that goes on in our life, everything has an expiration date. You know, everything that goes on does not last forever, and nor will it, will it last forever. So real quickly, I'm going to leave something with you before we go. <clears throat> Tar without strings is useless. A cell phone without batteries has uh, no use at all. And our life without God is totally useless unless we seek him out. 
So take time to seek out God. And uh, with that being said, you know, uh, I love y'all. God bless y'all. You know, be safe. Uh, God willing, um, hey, check out uh, tomorrow's game show at 8 o'clock. Night of uh, evening fun. All right, with that being said, peace. I'm out of here. Jesus bless. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose. He saved me, I 